want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to Click. start the pot. What is up, guys? James Gutman here on High Pod. I'm Dad. Welcome back to another edition of the podcast. It is Friday, and every single Friday I am here with a brand new edition of the show. I want to thank you guys for listening, whether it's on HighPodOnDad.com or any streaming service. Everyone that streams a podcast, you will find this podcast, or at least you should. I know that there have been issues with TuneIn Radio. Well, we are back on TuneIn Radio as well. Uh, turns out it wasn't being updated, a glitch in the matrix, perhaps. I wrote to them. They were fantastic. Everything is back up and running. And I want to thank Ryan, a good friend of mine. I've known him for 20 years. He did the moment of sanity way back when. He's the one who wrote to me and was like, yo, dude, you haven't had a new episode since July 8th. I was like, what? And I went, wrote to them, fixed it. So thank you to him. Thank you for you guys for checking it out. You know, it's hard to keep up with them. There's so many of these services that I don't know when something has an issue with updating. And according to my metrics, everything was still going. So thank you. So we're back up. Check it out. If you ever find me disappearing from any of the services you listen to, please drop me a line. I will get right on top of that, as they say. So thank you. It has been a good week, man. Whether you're listening to me on HighPodOmDad.com or you read some of the blogs on HighBlogOmDad.com or maybe you bought something on HighShopOmDad.com. What's that? HighShopOmDad.com. I never promote it. I should promote it. There's good stuff on it. Cool designs, fun shirts. Sometimes my son wears them. Sometimes I wear them. Um, I really enjoy making that stuff. It's fun for me. So please check it out. Drop me a line. Let me know what you think. I'm going to be reaching out to you guys, I think, in the next few weeks to ask you some opinions, some ideas, things that we could do going forward with the entire high dad brand that we have going on here. So it's exciting. Thank you, man. And that's your feedback means a lot to me. I hope you guys know that. I've been doing these blogs now since 2017, and I love getting a chance to share my life with you and read some of the things that you guys have for me. And this week I did that. This week I wrote two blogs. The first one was about when people commend my patience as a special needs parent, and I talked about a specific thing that happened, and it was real, and it was something that happened that day. And it was another one of those mornings kind of from hell when you have a kid. Um, you know, as you guys know, my son is nonverbal. He has autism. That was a rough morning. He gets up at four o'clock every morning whenever he's here, wants his iPad. He seems to think it's like Christmas. I always liken it to when you open your eyes and it's Christmas morning and you are asleep and you got crust in your eyes and you can't even move, but you know that there's toys and presents waiting for you outside your door so you stumble out no matter how tired you are. That's him every morning because he wakes up at four in the morning. He's like, oh, iPad. He jumps up and he wants his iPad. I try not to give it to him before school, and I try not to give it to him at 4 o'clock in the morning because then it kind of reinforces, hey, man, just get up at 4. I'll give it to you. So what I do is I make him wait. 5 o'clock is the absolute earliest he'll get it. Figuring, you know, get up with the rooster is good for you. But, yeah, I try to push him off as long as I can. So I did that that morning, and I did. And 5 o'clock in the morning, I gave it to him, and I slept until like 7, and I woke up, and he was naked. And I'm like, oh, my God, and I'm in there, and I'm cleaning, and I'm running around. I'm doing laundry, and I'm shaking my head at him. 
He's throwing things out of the bathtub because he wants to get out or, you know, I'm not getting there fast enough for his liking. So it was a tough morning. But then I wrote about, I don't know just how much I love this kid. And it sounds, it's so hard to keep doing these blogs sometimes because I feel like, well, it's not hard to write them, but it worries me because I feel like I do repeat a lot of the same emotions. And I think it's important for people to read these emotions because I don't think people imagine him. They see me with Lucas in public. And if you know my kid, you love my kid. And I'm not just saying that because he's my kid. I hear great things from teachers and aides at school who are fantastic and family friends and people who know him. Lucas is a lovable guy. He's, he's a little insistent on the things he wants. He will steal food from you, um, like really steal food from you in a way where you're just like, what? The, I've seen him one swipe, grab it, put it in his mouth. So he definitely does some naughty things, but there's something lovable about him. He's squeezable. Uh, if he gives you a smile, it kind of lights up your your mood, man. And I think... Uh, I don't, know, maybe, I don't know if that's a nonverbal or a special needs kid thing, because as you guys know, my girlfriend, Lauren, her son, Christian, is minimally verbal. And I kind of get that same feeling when he smiles at me. I'm like, Christian, I'm so happy to see him. So it's a beautiful feeling. It's a wonderful thing. But I think sometimes people who just see us from afar in public, and I've written about them before, they project themselves into my life and they see him and they go, oh, it must be so hard for him. And the reason why you think that is because, yeah, it is hard. There's definitely difficulties that come with raising a nonverbal kid, but I think people who put themselves in my shoes don't imagine having a relationship with him. They just, they imagine, you know, blinking an eye and all of a sudden switching places with me. And now he's a responsibility. I don't see him as a responsibility. I see him as one of the loves of my life. He's one of my favorite people in the entire world. So to be with him and to be around him, even though there's work required, and even though some mornings are more difficult than others, I just, I mean, I turn to him. He's like my little comfort blanket. I go in there if I'm having a rough day or if I'm tired or whatever, and he'll be on his iPad. I'll just go in. I'll just hug him. And he'll just watch TV. And I just lay there. <laughs> just squeeze him. Try to take pictures of him. Uh, it brightens my day. It's tough sometimes when he's not around. So yeah, it, it's a wonderful thing. I appreciate people commending my patience with him. This article that I wrote about was not only about that, but also about learning patience by waiting for language that never came and learning that certain things just keep going. You know, And sometimes no matter how long you wait, um, things don't happen. You know, sometimes you'll be waiting forever. And that's all right, man. It's part of life. So he taught me patience, and now I'm a patient person, and now I could be that patient person for him. That was the, the point of that one. And on Wednesday, I wrote about personal health, something I haven't written about in a while. I'm in, I always say, the best shape of my life. I feel like when I was in my 20s, um, I was kind of a, a wild man, as they say, you know, smoking, drinking, running around, not eating too well. I loved meat. I don't eat meat today. I'm a pescatarian, which sounds awful to say out loud. Yes, Dottie, I'm a pescatarian, you know. Feels like that Mr. Howell type of approach to, to life. Very pretentious. I talked about, it was similar to the word fiancé. When you first get engaged and you no longer have to say, this is my girlfriend, but this is my fiancé. And you feel like a, like a tool saying it. Pescatarian, same thing. The only difference is that it goes on forever. I'll always be saying pescatarian. So I try to talk around it because there's so many parts parts to it. I'm not a vegan because I eat heart healthy. And if I had to spend the rest of my life eating boiled cauliflower, I'd kill myself. So if I could eat fried cauliflower, I'd be a vegan. I'd just be good to go. Uh, but I can't because I'm eating heart healthy. So I need sushi. I need fish. To me, fish was always a treat anyway. Even as a kid, I love steak. But if I went to a a restaurant and I could get shrimp or I could get, you know, lobster. To me, that was like, I'm so lucky to be able to do this. And now I can do it all the time. So, 
So I'm, I'm happy about it. But I talked about fitness, man. I work out every day. I, I keep myself in shape. I move around. I try to be younger than my chronological age is supposed to be. So in my 40s, I feel like um, I'm as athletic as I should have been in my 20s. And in my 20s, I probably was closer to my 40s. So I wrote about how I do it for the kids, and it's just for the kids. Read it. Take a look. Tell me what you think. Hopefully, you enjoy it. Yeah. And it's weird because you don't know what your kids think of you. So one of the reasons why I'm kind of glad, and I didn't really go into this in the in the post, but I like that my daughter can see the work that I do on myself. And she sees the way I approach food and the way I approach fitness and the way I approach motivation, which is a big thing too. I think they all go hand in hand when you're when you're feeling physically fit, when your stomach doesn't hurt from eating too much, when your your body feels kind of limber because you've been moving around a little bit, it gives you energy and it gives you excitement and it gives you enthusiasm for your day. And that's what I have. And that's part of why I am what I am. That's part of the reason why I've had books published. That's part of the reasons why I've accomplished a lot of my goals. I mean, I genuinely have. And I don't talk about it a lot because it could sometimes feel, I don't want it to be braggy and it's not meant to be braggy, but it's meant to be a sense of pride. Like as a kid, I wanted to write. And I wanted to write about wrestling. That was my goal when I was nine, 10 years old. And I have a fake WWF at the time magazine that I had written when I was 10. And I drew it and I have the pictures and the articles. Uh, I stapled it together. I still have it in my, my trunk of memories. And, you know, 20 years later, I wrote for WWE magazine. And, you know, I wrote for Pro Wrestling Illustrated and I compiled lists. And I did all these different things that I always wanted to do. So I was proud of myself for that. And I think that's a part of life. It's when you, you know, you push forward and you feel ready and you feel enthusiastic. So I want my kids to see me and do as I do. But you sometimes forget how the kids see you, you know, just like my son who will eat everything in his path, like Pac-Man. He'll just go through everything. And it's my job to stop him. And he gets mad at me for stopping him. But the reason why I stop him is because if I was him, I'm conscious of what I eat. You know, if I've eaten so much that I'm going to get sick or if I've eaten so much that I feel like, you know, it's not healthy for me, I stop. He doesn't do that. So I step in to stop him and to help him and to keep his fitness on track. And he doesn't appreciate it because he doesn't see it that way. He sees me sometimes as an obstacle between me and pirate booty or cookies or whatever it is to stop him from eating them. So I kind of back him up a little bit. But that's how he sees me. He sees me as an obstacle. And sometimes you forget how your kids see you. And this is a story that I've been meaning to talk about here on the podcast for a while. I keep forgetting about it, but it's it's one of my favorites because it's, it's really weird. I was watching television with my daughter, right? We were watching TV downstairs, and she was uncomfortable. It was hot. This was in, you know, about a month ago, summer month. And she turns to me, and she's like kind of, you know, moving around on the couch unhappily. And she goes, ugh, you're so lucky you're a boy. And I'm like, thank you. Yeah, that's <laughs> cool. She goes, you're a boy, which means you get to walk around in your underwear all day. And I'm like, yeah. And then I stopped. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you're walking around in your underwear all day. I go, why are you saying that? I do not walk around in my underwear all day. Yes, you do. No, I don't. I go, what is, uh, what are you talking about? She goes, you wear those, those red underwear. I'm like, red underwear? Now I have no idea what the hell she's talking about. I'm like, are they long and shiny? Yeah. Dude, those are shorts. And she's like, oh, the red... Sh-. I'm like, yeah, those are my shorts. Those are basketball shorts. They go down past my knees. You thought those was my underwear? Yeah. I go, You've never seen my underwear. I go, I wear... And I just so you guys know, I wear boxer briefs, which um, 
I don't know, to quote Bill Murray in Stripes. Chicks dig me because I rarely wear underwear. And when I do, it's usually something unusual. So I don't wear them around the house because they don't leave a lot to the imagination. She's never seen them, you know, to the point where that later on that day, when I was doing the laundry, I held up a pair of my underwear and I go, oh, you see this? She goes, yeah. Have you ever seen these before? She goes, no. I go, this is my underwear. She goes, oh. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you haven't seen this. I, don't, I wouldn't walk around in my underwear, right? So that's fine. So I kind of sit on that now for like a day or two. And it goes in my head and I'm thinking, I'm like, this kid has thought that I've been walking around in my underwear for like two years because I, I wear basketball shorts around the house. Like that's kind of my pajama clothes. If I do, it's just a long pair of shorts. Sometimes when it's colder, I'll wear like, you know, pajama pants. But for the most part, it's these long shorts and I could wear them anywhere. And it's great because I could hang around the house. If I have to go out, I can still wear them. It's not weird. Everybody wears them. So one day her friends are coming over and they come into the house and I greet everybody. And they're like, hi, I'm you, blah, blah, blah. And they go and do their thing. And I go back up to my room and I look down and I realize I'm wearing these basketball shorts. And then I think back to all the times that her friends have come over that I've worn these basketball shorts. And I'm like, hold on a second. So I text her, which I do sometimes in the house. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, you thought I've been wearing my underwear around your friends this whole time? And she writes back, IDK. I'm like, no, no IDK. I'm like, you really thought? She's like, I thought so. I'm like, oh my God. So moral of the story, do yourself a favor. Make sure your kid doesn't grow up with a memory of you wearing underwear around their friends when they were in the house. Kind of set that stuff straight. How to find that out? I don't know. I don't know how I found it out. It was was pure luck. But if I didn't say anything, if I didn't go with this, I would have been, you know, at Thanksgiving when she was 30 sitting around a table with her being like, you know, I remember when dad used to wear underwear around my friends and people would think I was some pervert. I'm not. Don't wear underwear around anybody. <laughs> That's the end of the story. Maybe you do. Like, I'm not judging you. Maybe you wear your underwear around your kid. Maybe you wear underwear around their friends. If you do, don't, don't do it around my kid. You know, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to tell you how to run your house, but I don't cover everything up. You know, it's a little, little much, but yeah, man, kids see us in a weird way. And I, uh, I, my goal is to make sure that they see me in the best possible light when I can. The hardest part of that is knowing what that light is. The hardest part is making sure that you teach them, making sure that they see you in a way where, you know, they understand, like, trust me, if I had been a weird dad, if I had done weird stuff this whole time and she turned to me and goes, you wear your underwear around my friends. And I said, that's not underwear. She would have been like, I don't believe you. That's underwear. But she knew right away. As soon as I was like, that's not my underwear. She was cool with it. So yeah, <laughs> built up some rapport because weird moments like that, weird moments like that happen. And weird moments like this happen every Friday right here on High Pod. I'm Dad. I want to thank you guys once again for listening to the podcast. I will be back next week with a new edition of the show. Thank you for all your support. Again, drop me a line. Uh, you can write to me at Hi James Gutman uh, on any of the social networks that you're on, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. That's where you can find my pages. You can find Hi Blog I'm Dad on Facebook. That is really the hub of all of our postings here. Uh, but make sure you go to HiBlogOmDad.com and bookmark it. You can find all the uh, new blogs when they go up Monday and Wednesday right there. Thank you so much for your support. I will see you guys next Friday with a new edition. Till next time, James Gutman saying, be well. Bye, pot. I'm dying.